Collinsport, Maine at the turn of the century is a maze of secrets carefully guarded. For those who pursue them, there is only frustration. Tonight, the mysteries will reveal an unexpected terror at Collinwood. Be careful, my friend, where you tread, for I warn you now, there are spoilers ahead. This is a really short addendum episode I'm doing to the 1897 discussion I had with Joe Escobar. There were a few other things I wanted to address and things that came to mind after I recorded the episode. But before I get to all of that, there were tributes I included to Mitchell Ryan. And sadly, I totally missed this email that I received from Rich Chamberlain and Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club podcast. They sent me a great tribute to Mitchell Ryan that I would have absolutely included in that episode. So uh, I am including it here, though, and I want to write write this wrong because I was absolutely, it was my fault. I somehow just missed the email. I didn't see it at all. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but it somehow slipped through the cracks. So I do sincerely apologize for that. The Classic Horrors Club is an awesome podcast. I frequently listen to it. I'm a fan of that podcast and I certainly, uh, it was not intentional. Uh, So I am more than happy to kick this episode off with this wonderful tribute from Jeff Owens and Rich Chamberlain of the Classic Horrors Club podcast. Hey, Danielle and listeners of Terror at Collinwood. Thank you for this opportunity to participate in the tribute to Mitchell Ryan. I am Jeff Owens from Classic Horrors Club podcast. I'm here with my recording partner. Hey, everyone. This is Richard Chamberlain. Rich, I'll be honest. For many years, I was more familiar with Mitchell Ryan as Edward Montgomery on Dharma and Greg, the ABC sitcom, than I was as Burke Devlin on Dark Shadows. The thing is, he was in so few Barnabas episodes before he was replaced by a different actor, Anthony George. It's only been during the last few years that I've revisited those early pre-Barnabas episodes where Burke Devlin is such a strong character. And this is really where he shines, particularly in scenes with David Collins, played by David Hennessy. Burke Devlin is such a big part in those episodes, and Mitchell Ryan brings him perfectly to life. Nothing against his replacement, Anthony George, but rarely has the replacement been as noticeable as it was here. He just simply pales in comparison to Ryan, and sometimes I imagine Ryan playing Jeremiah Collins in the 1795 flashback. Granted that the character did change because when Barnabas arrived, there was a different dynamic. But if Burke had not been written out via a plane crash in episode 345, he might have lived to compete with Barnabas again for the affection of a woman. If you all listen to our podcast, you know we're always making references to Star Trek and Doctor Who. My co-host Richard is not as well versed in Dark Shadows as I am, but even in this tribute, there's a place for one of these references. Rich? Absolutely. You know, and first, yes, I loved everything I've seen of Dark Shadows. The sheer number of episodes intimidates me because I'm a completist. If I start something, I'm going to dive in and that'll be a rabbit hole that while it'll be fun and it will someday happen, uh, I'll be stuck in that rabbit hole for a while. You know, I don't think in the episodes that, that we watched Mitchell Ryan was in those uh, because we watched a series of them for our podcast several years ago. 
but I am familiar with him because of some, well, actually Dharma and Greg as well, because I watched that back in the day, but Star Trek, the next generation, you know, I've, I've got to come up with a Star Trek reference. He played commander William Riker's father, Kyle Riker in the second season, next gen episode, the Icarus factor. And that episode Riker is got an opportunity to be promoted, become a captain of his own ship. And the ship he's going to get is going to be going off on like some deep space mission. His father is kind of like the Federation liaison or something that comes in to kind of get him up to speed on his new assignment. And there's family dynamics. They've had history, Uh, I think it was when the mother died, the dad was really, really tough. And so they hadn't seen each other for years. And they actually gave Kyle Riker some some background in that episode because he was also in a relationship with the ship's medical officer, Dr. Pulaski. They had been together previously. Uh, I always thought they would bring him back. And unfortunately, they never did. It was a one and done. They did mention him in uh, at least one later episode. But uh, unfortunately, that was the last we, we ever saw of him. But uh, I knew that as soon as I, I saw the picture of who he was, I was like, okay, now I know who, who we're talking about here. And then it all started coming back to me. That is my Star Trek reference. I, I'm going to find it nine times out of 10. And, and this one was an easy one for me. No, that's great. Uh, I don't know that anyone else will present that. Danielle, thank you again for inviting us to participate. I just will add at the end that a lot of us probably just saw Mitchell Ryan in the Christmas Carol production that was done. So it was nice to have that as one of our final memories of him. Thank you so much, guys. That was incredible. Uh, I really appreciate you sending that in to me. Uh, and uh, I was more than happy to include it. And again, I apologize for spacing out on that the first time. Um, Anyway, let's move on to this uh, quick 1897 uh, discussion. Um, Okay, so during the episode, we talked about what originally happened in 1897. We, We speculated about that because we never actually get to see that transpire in the show. We get to see it after Barnabas goes back in time and participates in the events there. And... Barnabas changed history, and as uh, Carl Carlson pointed out in the YouTube comments for that episode, uh, Angelique said to Barnabas early on in that storyline that by being in 1897, he had already changed everything that was supposed to happen. And she says, did you really believe you could simply step into the past and observe events like watching a play, right? And he's affected, just as his presence there has affected things, him introducing himself to call. Barnabas was always kind of, he would travel you know, to 1897 or 1840, kind of almost obliviously doing things that might alter history and did alter history. I mean, he flat out killed a member of the Collins family in 1897. He killed Carl Collins. He wasn't there the first time. He didn't kill Carl. Maybe Carl died another way. I don't know. Uh, But he didn't kill Carl the first time. Uh, And when we get to 1840, we're going to talk a lot about that because I hate to think that Barnabas changed history to that degree in 1840. Uh, Something must have righted itself. Like time must have righted itself. With 1897, there are definitely things that happened that didn't happen the first time. Um, For example, Laura Collins came to Collinwood, presumably came to Collinwood in the original run of events too. That didn't involve Barnabas, her presence at Collinwood. 
the first time. So she must have come to Collinwood to try to reclaim Jameson and Nora, to, to, to immolate them, to take them into the flames with her. She did not succeed, clearly, because Jameson is Roger and Elizabeth's father. So he survived. We don't know if Nora did, though. Maybe she took Nora into the flames. Maybe Nora died. Who knows? And maybe Barnabas being in 1897 saved Nora's life. Um, that we don't know. But we do know that Jameson survived the first time, too. Uh, since Laura was their mother in the original run of events, too, presumably she came back as the phoenix, as she does, to try to uh, immolate them. So something must have prevented her from taking Jameson into the flames. Maybe it was Quentin. Maybe Quentin prevented Laura, and maybe the fact that this supernatural manifestation took place, maybe this is, was hidden from the Collins family history, as the Collins family is fond of hiding uh, things that they don't want people to know about. Maybe that happened. Uh, maybe Nora died in a fire the first time around. Maybe she survived. We don't know. Uh, but certainly Jameson survived. We can also assume that Count Petofi never came to Collinwood the first time around. Barnabas wasn't there, uh, so Magda wasn't going off to get the hand to bring it back, presumably. We we don't know 100% for sure. Now, when we see Beth's ghost speaking to Julia in the present, telling her what happened, we have this flashback with Angelique and Barnabas. We have this, you know, she talks about seeing Quentin and Angelique embrace each other. But Angelique wasn't there the first time either. She was there as a direct result of Barnabas being there because of Evan Hanley and Quentin trying to get some demonic assistance to take care of Barnabas. So presumably Angelique wasn't there the first time. So what Beth is relaying to Julia is the altered series of events already at this point because Barnabas has been in the past for a while now. Even Beth's spirit is no longer wearing the that white dress she was wearing when we first saw her, all the times we saw her before. Now she's wearing the servant's dress. Time has been changed already at this point, so we don't know what happened in the first run of events. What we do know is Jameson had a dream in episode 767, and he has a dream about David and David dying. And in the dream, Quentin tells David that there were three things that happened that he wished he could have changed. Had he known what they meant at the time, he would have changed them. First was the discovery of a silver bullet at Collinwood. Then there was the murder of someone who could have helped him. Finally, the one person he loved turned against him. Now, I think some of the things that happened were the same as what originally took place in 1897, but I think things definitely changed clearly. The silver bullet that was discovered at Collinwood was never used. Uh, yes, Magda did shoot the werewolf with a, with a silver bullet and I guess missed his heart or just maybe grazed it. I don't know, but he didn't die. But the silver bullet that was found, that never came into play in the altered series of events. The bullet was found, but it wasn't used. Okay. So I think that's our first signal that that bullet was used the first, that bullet killed Quentin the first time around. That's what I suspect. Okay. Somebody shot Quentin when he was a werewolf with a silver bullet. They probably, and I read this, uh, this was a fan theory I read online. It might've been one of the comments in the Dark Shadows Everyday blog, I think. And I agree with this theory. This is what I feel as well. Quentin was shot with a silver bullet in that chair in his room and killed right there in that room uh, and fell into the chair. I don't know why they sealed the room. That's the question. Um, maybe they 
you know, maybe they had some understanding that uh, because Quentin had become a supernatural being that burying him might have not been the, the best choice. Uh, maybe they were afraid he would come back. I don't know. I don't know what this one I'm not sure about, like what sealed Quentin in that room. Maybe there was some, maybe Magda performed some ceremony to seal that room with Judith and Edward. Uh, you know, maybe there was a, there was a magical seal on that room. Okay. And David and Amy broke the seal. I don't know. But I think Quentin did originally die in that room by the silver bullet. I think the other two things, the one person who could have helped him, maybe Julianka did come around. Maybe things went down a little differently. Maybe even Magda took the hand, you know? Maybe she took the hand and uh, maybe Ma uh, Julianka came after the hand and still died, not because of Count Patofi killing her, but maybe she was killed by the werewolf. Maybe Quentin transformed and killed her when she tried to remove the curse from him. And then King Johnny Romano got the hand back. You know, maybe he got the hand back and Patofi never came. Who knows? Uh, but that, I think, probably happened, that Julianka was the one person who could have helped him and died. And finally, the one person he loved turned against him. I think it was Jameson, but I think it went down a little bit differently. I think Beth, I, I don't know if it was because of, I mean, there are any number of ways this could have happened. Maybe, maybe Beth saw Quentin with any number of women that he was tended to be with. Maybe it was a similar situation and Beth was heartbroken and, and um, maybe she was the one who shot Quentin with the silver bullet. Maybe he was going to attack her and he shot her with a silver bullet. Maybe she killed herself. Maybe she, she's not the one who shot Quentin with a silver bullet. Maybe it was Jameson. Possibility. Maybe Jameson discovered that Quentin was a werewolf. Maybe Quentin killed Beth in werewolf form and Jameson shot Quentin with a silver bullet or maybe uh, Edward and Judith did you know th there we don't know the exact sequence of events but I do think that the discovery of that silver bullet was mentioned for a reason but it never really came into play because Barnabas had already altered history at that point so there there are different scenarios that may have happened Beth shooting Quentin and then killing herself, as we saw uh, when she, but without Angelique being there, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it was similar to how uh, Beth described it, except without Angelique. So maybe she saw Quentin in the arms of another woman, killed him with a silver bullet and killed herself. Maybe he transformed into a werewolf while he was a werewolf. Maybe he was going to attack her. Maybe she was in his room and like in that scene where that scene where she did the, the pentagram on the ground and was protected by it. Maybe there was another instance where he turned into a werewolf and she killed him. I do think things happen differently. The first clearly, I mean, Quentin's ghost exists. And there are some people that feel that that's not even Quentin's ghost and Beth. I disagree. I do think that's Quentin and Beth. Unlike Gerard, Gerard's ghost, Gerard's ghost is either Judah Zachary in the form of Gerard or Judah Zachary controlling the ghost of Gerard, one or the other. In this instance, though, I do think it is genuinely Quentin's ghost. I think it's Beth's ghost, too. The, a great tragedy happened there. Beth may have killed Quentin while he was in werewolf form, blam, with a silver bullet right in the chair in his room, and Judith and Edward covered it up after Beth killed herself just to, to hide the family shame. Maybe it was, it went down differently. Maybe somebody else like Jameson or somebody shot Quentin with a silver bullet. Who knows? Um, I just, 
I definitely think Barnabas changed things. Um, another thing, just a little side note, the letter uh, before we go to 1897, uh, you must help me intercede with Oscar or, or something to that effect. That uh, was a, a letter to Jameson from Quentin. And the original name for the character Edward was going to be Oscar. And a lot of people point to this and say, well, this is a, an inconsistency. Not necessarily. Again, here's a, a theory. Maybe Edward's middle name is Oscar and Quentin and Jameson jokingly referred to him as Oscar kind of to taunt him, you know, and maybe that was their kind of nickname for him was Oscar and Edward would get annoyed by that. Maybe he didn't like that middle name. Or maybe it was just uh, a game they were playing. Maybe they were playing a game, like some kind of s stupid spy game. Clearly they were, Quentin and Jameson were close, you know, maybe they were playing some sort of stupid game and the name Oscar was just a character in the game they were playing. You wrote him a letter, you must intercede with Oscar. Who knows? You know, there, there are any number of explanations for that. You don't necessarily have to look at things as continuity errors. Instead, it's, I find it's more fun to kind of figure things out like a puzzle. Like, what does this mean in the story? Not what does it mean behind the scenes that the writers change their minds midstream, but in the story itself, what does this mean? It has to mean something. How, how does it work into the puzzle? It might be something insignificant, like a game that Quentin was playing with Jameson, or it could be something else. Um, there are other explanations that you can come up with to just justify that. Um, but anyway, those are just a few short little addendum here to the 1897 episode, because I did want to address the, the discovery of the silver bullet, the uh, murder of the one person who could have helped him and the, the, the one person he loved who turned against him. I wanted to, that we've, we forgot to mention that when we talked about 1897. So I did want to talk about that. We also didn't talk about Sandor's death uh, and how Magda and Sandor truly loved each other. It was sad. The grief that she felt over Sandor's death was clear, you know. So um, that was a, a very... I, I really liked that relationship between those two characters, two characters that could have easily been just these stock over-the-top characters. There was heart to Magda and Sandor, and I really liked that. Anyway, that's all I have to say within this 1897 addendum episode. If you have theories about 1897's original run of events or any other theories, feel free to post them in the comments, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I hope you do, there are uh, there is an opportunity to leave comments there. And uh, speaking of, I do hope you will subscribe to the podcast, either through YouTube or through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe. Please rate, review, like, etc. It really does help the podcast to grow and to reach more people. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you again to Jeff Owens and Rich Chamberlain from the Classic Horrors Club podcast for sending in that clip. I am sorry that I did not put it in the first time, but do please check out their podcast because it's fantastic. And I will put a link to it in the show notes. And with that said, remember, for as long as they lived, the dark shadows never truly vanished. For there will always be Terror at Collinwood. Terror at Collinwood is a Penny Dreadful production.